0: I'm Michael Foster and you're listening to It's Good to Be a Man, the podcast where we are extending God's house and father rule by helping men to establish their own houses in strength, workmanship, and wisdom. Today's episode is audio ripped from a Facebook Live video I recorded in a Chicago bar on the topic of reestablishing the natural family. You hear a lot of background noise and I only did very minor editing. But we think the content lays out some important principles that will help you steer clear of reactionary temptations and movements as you seek to establish your own household. So we're republishing it for your enjoyment. First, I want to talk about authority and give you just a real short theory or theology of biblical authority. All authority comes from God. He is sovereign. He's almighty. He reigns over all. God's authority is absolute, and he is the only authority which is unquestionable. Now, God is a God of means. He works out his eternal purposes through uh, providence, uh, the works of creation, and he has delegated his authority to three institutions, the the church, the civil magistrate, and the family. That makes up the whole society. Now, each of these institutions uh, have authority, but it's uh, limited to a particular domain, and it would be an act of rebellion towards God uh, for one institution to usurp the role given to another. So an institution's authority is binding to its subjects only in so much that it is in accord with God's word. In other words, uh, all authority must and can only be lawfully exercised according to the purpose for which God has delegated. Think of it this way. God has given the keys of the kingdom to the church. He has given the rod to the family, and he's given the sword to the civil magistrate. The authority of institutions then overlap with each other at certain points because every person is in some way a subject of, Of each institution. Consider this example. Let's say a 14 year old communicant member of a church steals a dirt bike and he gets caught. The magistrate will deal with the criminal aspect of that sin, not the church, not the family. They're involved, but the sword isn't given to those institutions. But the elders of the church will have to get involved uh, because they're going to have to decide whether or not that that young man should be put under church discipline. Maybe he should be suspended from table fellowship for some time. Maybe an admonishment will do. Regardless, it will be the church that makes that decision, not the family, not the magistrate. And still, the father must decide how he's going to deal with his son's waywardness. No doubt he'll consult his wife um, and the church or even the magistrate, could make recommendations to the father, but what actions he takes are ultimately his decisions and may not be usurped. Much trouble comes from institutions neglecting the legitimate authority of other institutions, and much trouble comes from institutions overreaching into the domains and responsibilities which God has not given to them. The natural family then isn't a replacement for the church and the particular church isn't a replacement for the natural family. The civil magistrate isn't a replacement for the particular church or the natural family, the particular church and the natural family isn't a replacement for the civil magistrate. We mustn't collapse these institutions into each other, but neither can we fully separate what God has made interdependent. It's a major error to think of these institutions, um, as a series of concentric circles, uh, with one having a greater priority over the other. Uh, think of it this way. Many hyper-patriarchal types, and they do exist, I've dealt with them, absolute ties the Father's authority and make the family central and subordinate, if not outright reject, the rightful authority of the church. And these are the same people that are very suspicious of almost any type of government. They They tend to lean towards... Uh, being uh, anarchy, and for them the family is central. It's the bullseye in those concentric circles. Now, many liberals absolute ties to civil magistrate, and in doing so, create a religious nanny state that overreaches and interferes both with the family and the church. Uh, the state is not central, and many churches, whether they be liberal or conservative, absolute the authority of the church or the elders and make this spiritual family primary in all regards. And I'll come back to that in a moment. But the church, in this sense, is not central. It's not a series of concentric circles, but rather a Venn diagram where, you know, you got the three overlapping circles and God as sovereign king is at the center. These institutions should not compete with one another. They have a symbiotic relationship Strong churches means strong family and a just government. Strong families will lead to growing churches and seed society with well-trained citizens that become uh, equipped magistrates. And strong but not an overreaching government will keep the family and church strong by protecting it from criminal elements. They're supposed to work together. Now here's the rub. Each institution will pick up the slack when one or both of the other institutions fail in a right exercising of authority over their given domain. This is something like the law of conservation of energy, first law of thermodynamics, right? It states that energy can neither be created nor destroyed. Energy can only be transferred or changed from one form to another. So it is with authority. If the family fails to fulfill its duties, then the church or state or both will uh, move in and meet those those needs and vice versa. And to some extent, that can be legitimate. This is ultimately, though, how we've gotten a nanny state. The family, both extended and nuclear, is failing. Uh, the extended family is basically gone, and now the nuclear family is falling apart as well. And the reasons and causes for that is another subject in another video. But I can say right now, that the devil has always been keen to attack the family and especially the heads of households. That's why at It's Good to Be a Man, we like to say, as a father goes, so goes the household, and as the household goes, so goes society. Now, many of us are growing up in a broken uh, or in broken and malfunctioning families. We have a desperate father and even a mother hunger. Uh, We lack a positive family culture. And consequently, we are clueless on how to be a man, how to be a husband, how to be a father, uh, not just how to raise little kids, but to raise up little kids into manhood. Uh, we don't know how to rule a home. In many cases, we don't even know how to take care of ourselves and our own finances. And we want direction and guidance. We long for the strong family, which we never really had. This is why a fatherless, familyless generation Will be tempted to treat the church as a replacement for the natural family, um, and that's if that's if you're a Christian among the pagans, you'll treat the government as a replacement uh, for the family in many cases. But I want to talk to you, believers, uh, so that we don't we cannot allow the church to be a replacement for the natural family because it isn't. The church is absolutely necessary, and you should prioritize the church, in your life, no doubt about that. I'm not saying that. Think of it this way. The gospel establishes the law and the law commands on your father and your mother that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord uh, Lord your God gives to you. So when you come to know God, when uh, Jesus is your king and reigns over you and you're taught in a church, uh, the church is going to call you to love your family to submit to uh, the lawful authority of father and mother, but also to fulfill uh, those duties given to you. The church and uh, the natural family aren't at odds. Uh, It's the opposite. Just as the gospel establishes the law, we can say the spiritual family, the church is an aid in reestablishing the natural family. The church's role isn't uh, to subsume the natural family, It's true it may need to give special aid when the natural family breaks down. We see this in the church's care for true widows and orphans. However, the normative role of the church is to equip the saints and to encourage men and women to marry, have children, and build a Christian household for the glory of God. Conversely, the natural family ought to be a source of growth for the spiritual family. Of course, the church grows through preaching the gospel to people who aren't Christians, that's how I was brought into the church. I didn't grow up a Christian. I heard the gospel, I repented, and I became a Christian. God called me out of darkness into life. But now I'm a Christian and my children are growing up in the church. So God also grows this church uh, through the faithful raising of covenant children. But since the natural family is broken down and everything's jacked up, uh, people are trying to find a way to deal with it. And there's those of us that are uh, reformers and we're trying to reestablish it and, and move that direction. But there's also those that are just, uh, they accommodate and compromise and they see the way society is and say, no, 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 this is actually good. Uh, singleness is a gift. Uh, you, don't need, you don't need a natural family. After all, didn't Jesus say, who's, uh, who's my mother? Who's my brother? The church is your your family. What's really weird right now is we're hearing that not just from the revoice people that think that two same-sex people can have a spiritual friendship and make a covenant and live together uh, almost as if they're husband and wife and, and even adopt kids. like You're hearing it from them, but you're also hearing it from evangelicals that have to find some way to placate those who are sold the lie of feminism and, and have delayed marriage. And now they're having a really hard time getting married because they're, uh, you know, getting deeper and deeper into their 30s and their 40s. But I I see it not just with evangelicals. I even see it in patriarchal types. And I think what's happening is that all these clueless bastards, all these people that have never been disciplined. uh, And when I say discipline, I mean uh, restorative and formative, not just, uh, you know, with the rod, but also the disciple. All these people that weren't raised in that sort of environment are coming to these patriarchal churches, and these churches are being as mother and father to them, but the mistake they're making is that you you can't subsume that role. You, If you go look at Titus 2, in Titus 2, what are the older women of the church to be teaching the younger women? To love their husbands, to keep home, to to, to be godly with their children. And if it's true of women, obviously it's true of that men The men of the church ought to be raising up the younger men to be good heads of households. That's what we need, right? And that's what we're talking about. We need to move to reestablishing the natural family. When Jesus reigns over the spiritual family and the natural family, they work together very well. They're not at odds at all. And that's what we're talking about. So I hope that's helpful. And until next time, be on the alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, Let all that you do be done in love.